0: Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet, bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. G'day guys and welcome back to the Dylan Friends episode. This week on the show, two-time Premiership Tiger and now Gold Coast son, Brandon Ellis. Extremely lucky and blessed to sit down with this incredible human and hear his story of true resilience and inspiration. He's someone you know very well from his on-field accolades, but you may not know what a special person he is away from the game and we touch on it all. Growing up and his journey to the AFL, being a catalyst in a cultural change at Richmond Footy Club in 2016 by embracing vulnerability and telling his story, winning flags, his decision to leave, running a business with a close mate outside of footy called Uncle Jack Watches, and much, much more. We also touch on what it's been like for him watching the Tigers have success this year, obviously going into the grand final this week. He gives his tips and a bit of insight onto what it might be like for them this weekend. This guy is just one of the most positive and genuine people I've had the pleasure of knowing in my time. I cannot tell you how excited I am to share his story with you all. Let's go. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some lighthearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Brandon Ellis, welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. It's an absolute honour to have you on the show, my friend. Uh, I've wanted to get you on for a long, long time. You've been a busy man, and um, let's do it.
1: Looking forward to it, mate. Um, I was happy for the call up twelve months ago, but um, <laughs> you know you left it this late, so. The pity call up, but now nah, I'm happy.
0: <laughs> Mate, I say this a lot. I, I, I had to use some, you know, some boys early because I knew the podcast early days. I want to sort of learn my craft, make sure the skills are learning. I don't want to get all the good stories out early, so... Like yourself, mate, it's, it's an incredible story and um, we've known each other for a long time. So I wanted to be highly skilled and in my prime to get this one out, which um, I hope I do it justice, mate, because it is a great one. But firstly, um, how are you feeling, mate? Because you're fresh off a 2020 season, um, fresh off probably the silly season too up in Queensland where you're actually allowed out of your house. How's the last month been for yourself?
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's been actually pretty good. Um, being in a hub for seven or so months um, wasn't ideal, but... You know, I was pretty lucky because I had to, I could um, live from home and live from my own house. Whereas um, these Melbourne teams have come up and yeah, they've had to do it a lot tougher than me. Um, so yeah, I was pretty grateful that I was able to do that. I only had to go to Wollongong for two weeks and be in a hub there. Um, but yeah, pretty lucky that um, Queensland sort of saved football and I could live from my own home. But um, yeah, it's been a it's been a good month. Um, sort of catching up on going out for dinners and catching up with the mates that I haven't been able to see for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of getting over it now. <laughs> Just want to get back to some normality.
0: Mate, how's it been, I suppose? Like, you obviously a Tigers man and you've been there your, most of your career. First year in um, in the Gold Coast, probably the best year and one of the smartest moves, 50-50, that you could have done because you're out of the hub now, but obviously your old team's in the grand final as well, which we will touch on. But how did you find it up in, in the GC first year up there? I know it's a strange season too, so it probably isn't a real test, but it's, you know, the boys went real well.
1: Yeah, look, you know, I've absolutely loved it. Um, Sort of, you know, refreshing coming up here. Um, You know, Queensland's a rugby state, so no one knew what AFL, you know, really was up here. So um, you can sort of, you know, before we had to get in these hubs and before lockdown, you could actually go out for dinner, go out for coffee and breakfast and, um, you know, really enjoy your time and not get... Hassled, whereas, you know, what it's like down in Melbourne, um, you know, it's pretty bad. So, um, yeah, it was sort of real refreshing coming up here um, and, yeah, just being part of such a, you know, a young club as well. But um, just to see all the talent that we have and, you know, how exciting it's going to be in the next few years if um, we can gel together. Um, yeah, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, buddy, I obviously have Matty Real on early days. Who's... Oh, I listened
1: to that one. That was awesome. How good is he? <laughs>
0: He's he just the best bloke, man. I was honestly... Just like in that chat, just going like, "Is this bloke serious?" Like I'm interviewing him, and he's like so much better and smarter, and way <laughs> more than me. Like I just didn't even know what to say.
1: You'd think he'd been in the game for twelve years and played two hundred games. Just the way he talks, and just the way he is, and how professional he is.
0: What was he? Was he? Was he genuinely like that when you first met him? Like straight from you know when he first came into the Gold Coast?
1: Mate, he's just it's something like I've never seen before. Like people ask me about him, and it's just like you got to be there to see. He's just so bloody professional and he just absolutely loves football. So he could train all year round and not get sick of it, not get burnt out. Whereas, you know, most players, they need that that time off to um, sort of refresh and rejuvenate. But he's just, I don't know, he's literally one of a kind. Um, and <laughs> you should see the shape he's in now. Like, he's so fit at the moment and so strong. I'm dead
0: set scared for 2021, like, just him going around. Three votes, man. He was winning the, he was winning the Brownlow last night in his first year. Like, is actually a joke.
1: Um, he probably hasn't done himself any wonders, though, because um, teams already know how good he is. So I think next year, you know, it would be a pretty difficult year because he'll probably get sat on um, most games. But, yeah, you know, coming off his first three games, um, I think he'll be able to shake the tag pretty well.
0: I normally like to talk about the first time we met in a, in a in an instant and I was rattling my brain today working this out because I've probably known you for I reckon I'm gonna say like 20 years maybe over 20 years when do you think because I feel like I've got a real early memory that you wouldn't know oh. when do you think your first time would would have been to that we caught we, we met
1: um it's been a couple of times I reckon the one time it comes to mind. It was when EDFL used to play um, Yarra Junior Football League in their rep teams. I think we played you guys two years in a row and you guys won them both against us. But I remember playing you. But then there was another time when I remember you made this grand final. I, you guys played, it was Toby Green's team. Who was it, Ashburton? Yeah, Ashburton, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if many people know this. But um, yeah, so I remember going down to watch you because I was pretty good mates with um, you, Brockie and or sort of Hell Hunter. And you threw a plane together, and Brockstab was the uh, the coach. And then you kick this absolute pearl of a goal from the boundary, and your celebration to the crowd was something I'll never ever forget. <laughs> and that was that. I reckon that's sort of probably one of our, probably one of the first like real real memories that comes to head. But um, interesting to see what uh, your one is, <laughs>
0: mate. I reckon mine is about five years earlier. Um, even more actually, because oh we. Yeah, well, you went to Princess Hill Primary School. Yeah. And I went to oh, North Victoria Primary School. Oh, I know. So we we used to play each other in like round-robin footy competitions, right? At Princess Park. At Princess Park. Yeah. So you grew up right <laughs> near Princess Park. Yeah. The, the, the first memory I had of you, and I absolutely oh. despised you for this, was we were playing a round-robin game, and I think we were undefeated in this competition, and we came up against your school, Princess Hill Primary. Yeah. And I think you kicked a goal – after like the siren to like to win the carnival for your team
1: oh man i actually don't even remember that but it sounds about right <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it definitely was no, i do remember those days was.
1: hey oh we used to um yeah we used to walk up from uh our school up to princess park and uh yeah you guys used to walk up on your buses and yeah mate it was i actually do remember that i think yeah, it was it was just us two um us two schools that Played off the last, maybe in year five and year six or whatnot. Um, Can't really remember many other schools that were there. But no, I actually do remember that. Yeah, no, I, man, I
0: remember that I did set remember that Like it was yesterday It was flashbacks to Brandon Olsen The MCG That we, uh, <laughs> we've we come to know Today Mate oh. I want to take you A little bit further So I suppose Throughout our juniors careers We obviously crossed over a lot Yeah um, Always a big admirer of yours And we actually tried to Poach you at our junior team A lot yeah, as well no, Which no. I reckon you were Close to coming Very close to coming At one stage
1: Yeah uh, Yeah I remember um yeah, oh, Bro dad, Matt McLennan, obviously was a coach, and um, yeah, he was doing everything that he can could to uh, to get me down to to you boys, but um, I don't know, I just couldn't do it. Um, I just couldn't leave my uncle and my cousin that um, you know was my coach at the moment, and my cousin's you know was my best mate, and um, I, yeah, I don't know, I just couldn't do it. Uh, I couldn't change leagues and. Yeah, I, I do really think about that, though. Um, when I was coming on this podcast, I was like, oh, that's probably one thing that he's going to bring up. Um, what excuse do I have? <laughs> but there's no real excuse. I just couldn't leave the boys.
0: Nah, mate, it's, it, it speaks volumes to yourself. You're too loyal, and we'll get into that soon yeah. um, with, with your mates and, and what it's been like for you growing up. But uh, firstly, um, under-18s was was probably the next time for you where it took footy to the next level because I want to talk about prior to Richmond, um, you were obviously a gun football and we, and we know that but early days as well like you probably weren't making any of those reps teams like you would yeah. missed out on those a fair bit like you didn't make you know 15 sixteens but then your 18th year you you sort of exploded onto the scene and, and really you know took over what what changed do you think for you was it just put like development in yourself because you're always a pretty big boy and you're yeah. quite fit but you just sort of exploded in that last year and really just took over
1: yeah so um I don't know it's probably when I was like 13 or 14, you know, I probably wasn't as big as the, the other kids, um, like height-wise, um, you know, or, you know, with muscle or anything. So I started hitting the gym probably as a 14, 15-year-old and I just started really, like, getting belief in my own body and some confidence, you know, that I could actually match it with the bigger boys and, you know, I did miss out on the I think, 15s and 16s big team um, and I was lucky enough to, to play quarter can as, you know, my bottom age basically I think I came in around six or around seven and played every game that year, and we ended up going on to win the grand final. And I had a pretty, pretty good final series. And then, yeah, got the uh, the Vic Metro letter to say, you know, come try out. Um, and then, yeah, we played the. Uh, then we had a few practice games. Um, you know, played pretty well in them. And then, yeah, I got the uh, the nod to, to put the Vic jumper on, and you know, played the the five carnival games, and was lucky enough to get awarded all the So, um, yeah, it happened, you know, really quick for me. Um, you know, from a kid that was, you know, fourteen years old to probably six, out or seven, I didn't really probably believe in myself and believe in my ability that I could match it with, you know, you boys that had been in those big systems for three or four years prior. Um, but yeah, there yeah, I just probably had two breakout years and um <laughs> the rest is history <laughs> it happened really quick.
0: I think it was pick fifteen, was it? You went in yeah. the draft to, to Richmond. A lot of those teams around you were obviously like Giants picks as well. So obviously yeah, that was no. when Toby and all that got taken to Interstate You were able to stay in, in in Melbourne Obviously where you grew up Yeah Talk always through that I suppose like rocking up To Richmond Because at that stage Like it wouldn't have been And it probably Definitely wasn't The Richmond we know today Like yeah. You know that was when Richmond were probably As well as Carlton Like growing up They were like Probably yeah, in a pretty bad spot, like yeah. right down the bottom. What are your early memories of getting drafted? Was there any sort of distinct memories that, that stick out of as, you know, working in the door your first day or in your first season?
1: Um, yeah, so the draft was on a Thursday. And, yeah, so I got picked up. And then Richmond were going to um, America for Arizona camp for two weeks on the Sunday So, I went in on the Saturday, you know, met a couple of leaders, um, my Kochi, Lids, I think Darcy was there, um, and a few others, and then, anyway, I get to the airport on Sunday, um, and I I love my sweets, I love my chocolate, I love my lollies there. (laughs) So, I get there as an 18-year-old, buy a chocolate bar before we're about to to walk on the plane, I started eating it, and Lids tapped me on the shoulder, he goes, would Gary Ablett be bloody eating that? That was the first (laughs) thing he said to me. (laughs) <laughs> and i put it in the bin and i was like oh my god so alright, i know what i'm in for now
0: <laughs> man lids i can so see lids doing that he's just yeah. so ruthless especially to the young boys
1: yeah and he, like he was someone you know that I, I loved watching um you know the last you know couple of years before i got drafted, because was an absolute gun and you know he was his whole career but um yeah for him to say that to me i was just like oh there's like no stuffing around here it's just like all right we're on here i'm with the big boys like i'm you know, a little fish in a big pond now. Um, I sort of just got to earn the respect as quick as I can. And, yeah, what a two weeks it was over in Arizona? <laughs> From
0: that time, um, there was a massive shift then at Richmond because this is something like, you know, we all know about this, but I've never yeah. really actually known about it because I think it was around the 2016-17 season, pre-season, yeah. um, a part of a massive sort of turnaround. There was a reflection exercise called the Triple H sessions so that was hero hardship highlights yeah um firstly who initiated that like how did it come about yeah and when did you realize that you would play a massive role in that as well
1: so at 2016 was like was sort of the breaking point you know of the Richmond footy club we just we'd played three elimination finals you know we lost them all in 13 14 15 then come 2016 like we expected big things and we just failed like miserably you know Dimmer's head. We were, everyone was calling for Dimmer's head. Everyone was telling for Kochi to step down, or they should move clubs. Um, so it was a you know it was a very very tough year for you know the sort of the senior players of our group. Um, you know we just lids had left. Like we just lost one of you know our vice captain. Um, I think Troy Chaplin had retired. So like there was you know a lot going on. Um, and I think yeah I think Dimmer just went away um to America. It might have been um, to this was an authentic leadership course. Um, I think he done that at the end of 2016. And then I think he met um, a bloke named Ben Crow, who, <laughs> you know, Crowe really well. You know, he sort of bloody changed the Richmond Football Club. Um, and it was just about basically embracing vulnerability, you know, because as men and as athletes, like we think we just have to be so tough and so strong all the time and we can handle anything, whereas, um, you know, so many of us, as you would know, we bottled so many things up, and if we're like, we don't get it out now, we don't talk to someone. Like it just—it's a burden on you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what was happening, you know, at the times, and with Timar and you know, thinking he had to control everything, and with Kochi thinking he had to be like the perfect captain, and um, you know, he couldn't not be perfect. He didn't want people to see his flaws because then they would, you know, wouldn't think of him as highly. And it was just all this stuff going on that was just so untrue that um, he just needed to unpack. So, um, yeah, we went away to camp. And it was this exercise called the the triple H, so like a hero hardship and highlight, um, and the sort of the theme was if you know if my teammates really knew me they'd know this about me and like I'd been at the club for five years, and like no one besides maybe one or two people like knew like where I grew up or anything because I was sort of pretty ashamed by it um, and I didn't want people to know sort of my hardship because they, you know, they'd think different of me. they think, you know, being an AFL footballer, you know, you grew up in this nice house, you know, your parents are rich, you had money, you know, everything was sort of given to you. Um. So, yeah, I was, I spoke to Kochi before it and, like, he goes, you're going to go first, like, I need you to tell your story. And I was like, oh, man, like, I was shitting myself, like, so nervous because, like, I never really told this story. Um. And yeah, I got up there, I had to have it on my phone, like I had to read off something, otherwise my, you know, train of thought (laughs) just would have gone out the window. Um, And then yeah, I got it, you know, I got it done, probably took 10 or 15 minutes, and then like, you know, everyone started clapping, started standing up, and like people were crying. I'm just like, I felt like it was just like the biggest weight off my shoulders, like, you know, ever. And yeah, I think, you know, that sort of changed the British football club, it was just about embracing vulnerability and embracing everyone's imperfections. So um yeah, that's about
0: it. Mate, it's it's absolutely incredible, man. I'm getting, like, honestly just goosebumps thinking about it because I know, <laughs> I suppose, for everyone that's listened to Ben Crow's episode, they'd understand that completely. And to see, yeah. you know, how that probably happened firsthand um, at a footy club and, and obviously with your story is, yeah. is the main thing. Now, I I know your story. Like, I, I know your story from, you know, growing up and we've got a lot of mutual friends and we've been mates for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I've never even, you know, we've never spoken about this in terms of like we together because i just respect that it's your story and that you know that that's your story and that's the way that it is but i would love to for you to be able to sort of share what you're happy to share with that if if you are yeah um would you be happy to sort of go into what you had to what you spoke about and what what you know you've been through through your life with your hero hardship and highlight and, yeah. and how that sort of went through it
1: yeah easy well it's it's pretty yeah, it's out there in um in I think the the Richmond book that the blah, that Conrad wrote in two thousand and seventeen. So like you know I'm not gonna shy away from it. But yeah, so I got up there and I spoke about my hero being um, my old man, and I just spoke about how well. Um, so he's obviously been diagnosed with cancer twice. So there was one time when I was about twelve, um, he had kidney cancer. So that was pretty easy to get rid of. Just took his kidney out. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> um, anyway, and then so the a serious one came back in two thousand and fifteen. He um. He was just like feeling his neck, and he goes, "Oh, just a bit weird, like a bit of a lump there." When he got scans, um, <laughs> and they said, "Shit, like you've got, I think, esophagus or throat cancer." They were saying, you know, I can't really remember at the time. And then he goes, "Oh, all right, well, you know, what's to go? How do we get rid of it?" And then like, you know, more tests got done, and then they're like, you know, where well, this is pretty far gone. Like, we're not quite sure how this is going to go, or even if the treatment's going to work. Like, you might not have like much longer to live. And he's just like what do you mean, like, <laughs> how has this come out of nowhere? Like, I haven't known. Um, anyway, so, like, they gave him the options to do the treatment and whatnot, and he goes, of course I'm going to do it because you know, I've got three kids, so I've got a, a younger sister and a younger brother as well. Um, and so, yes, as a 15-year-old, or might have been 14, like, finding that out, you know, as in, you know, like, the old man, he's, like, he's your best man. Like, you do everything together growing up. Like, he takes you to footy training. He's, like, takes you all the games. He's just, like, your best mate, like, your right-hand man. Um and then yeah, so for him to tell me that, um, you know, I sort of just didn't want to play footy anymore. Um, so I sort of, I was opted out of the Barry Davis squad in the at the quarter of Cannons, um, as a sixteen year old. Or fifteen year old, I can't really remember. Um and then yeah, like I stopped going to school. I just wanted to be with him because like we didn't really know how much long he was gonna, you know, have to go. Anyway, then like fast track six months of so, like he had pretty heavy chemo, pretty heavy radiotherapy. Um and then he goes back and gets some like scans and they're like, shit, like it's gone. He's like, what do you mean? Like you said, you know, that this was basically too far gone. We couldn't get it. I couldn't, you know, get on top of it. And they're like, well, yeah, it's just gone. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, he was probably was my hero. He just shows like, and just never give up Um, and just keep fighting. Um, And it was one time when he was getting chemo. He told one of my best mates, Richard Vaxalis, who, you know, pretty well, um, like I overheard him telling you this. I was in my room and Richard come over and he goes, whatever happened to me, he goes, just please look after Brandon. Please make sure he gets back into footy again. And when I heard that, I was just like, you know what? You know, I everything. I'm just going to play football for my old man. Because, you know, I overheard him say that um, to my best mate who was in the lounge room with him. Um, so, yeah, and I guess sort of, the you know, the rest is just history. But, yeah, I was just sort of my hero just to, to show like to just never give up. Um, and yeah so then my hardship I was just another one I spoke about was um you know, growing up in commission flats. So I grew up in yep. the North Carlton commission flats for like 18 years. Um, you know so all my mates had houses, had cars, um, you know had backyards, had their own rooms and you know I was just this kid like who shared a room with his little brother. Um, you no know, family probably couldn't you know really afford the rent each month um, And, yeah, so I guess sort of that was my hardship, just some of the things that I went through um, and how I used to, like, walk a a different route to school because, like, I didn't want the kids to see where I grew up because I sort of, um, you know, through primary school and at the start of high school, like, sort of got picked on for not living in a house or having a backyard. So, yeah, I sort of, um, yeah, that was my hardship. Um, So I spoke about that. And then my highlight was, yeah, obviously getting drafted to the Tigers and... um, yeah you know so thankful and grateful for them because they've obviously shown me a new life and um yeah sort of picked me up off my feet and you know I'm able to help out my family now so sort of got them out of the flats and helped them pay you know rental for a house um obviously got a couple of places of my own so yeah it's amazing what you can do when you when you work hard and you discipline and you know you keep at something so um yeah that's sort of my hero my hardship and my highlight that it I spoke about, but if yeah, if there's any more you want me to elaborate on, I'm more than happy to. But yeah, I get it's still like a little bit emotional talking
0: about it. Oh mate, I'm just been taking that in for like that is unbelievable. Seriously, like, I've you know I think oh I'm actually a little bit emotional <laughs> like, just even <laughs> think about it too, bro. Like it's 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 such an incredible story, and I, like I've known you for so long, and mm. and haven't never heard you probably tell that story yourself. But I know I know of your story, but to yeah. hear it firsthand is is you know it gives me goosebumps um as you know mate we've we've got a lot of mutual friends as well and and how highly you know people regard you um not only your teammates but your friends as well because you're such a such a loyal and and good man can you can you talk us through i suppose growing up um as you said with in the commission flats with with other mates and i won't name who they are but but our, our mutual friends as well but um, growing up with them and, and what 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 was that like? What were some of the things that you guys, you know, there was obviously good times as well, but there was obviously some hard times with that as 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 we can see.
1: Um, no, nah, so I guess, you know, there's probably two of my close mates that I grew up with were Mule and their names are Omar. And I guess, you know, we're still best mates now because we sort of went through our childhood together. We sort of, um, you know, had to lean on each other through the hard times, you know, growing up. And like, we just knew what it was like growing up where we did. So like, we did get each other Um. Then obviously, you know, I go to high school and I meet, you know, a great bunch of mates and like, um, you know, I had the other guys that would bully me, but then I had my little close group that would, um, you know, stick fat by me and actually be my mate because of who I am not because of what I had or what I didn't have. Um, you know, and I guess that's just why, you know, loyalty is like, a, it's a massive thing to me because, um, you know, without some loyal friends or, you know, without, without you know, your loyal family members, like you, you sort of get nowhere in life. Um, so, yeah, I guess yeah that's sort of yeah i really got for
0: you but um yeah i suppose opening up to your teammates you talk about vulnerability um and and when you first got up there to do it was it something that came natural to you i suppose like was it was it something that you were passionate about or was it something that you ever thought you'd be able to do and and how i know you said you know so many people received it so well but did you think it would
1: have the impact on your teammates that it that it did Nah, definitely not, and man, I was shitting myself, I'm not going to lie, like, I, 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 like, still to this day, like, I still hate talking in front of, like, big crowds, or even, like, getting up and speaking in front of teammates, like, I don't know, I just get, I don't know, really, like, tired and nervous, so, um, you know, being 22, 23 years old, having to do that, first up, off the rank, I'm just like, man, I don't know how this is going to go, that's why I had to write it down on my phone, because there's no way I could have just remembered it, um, but yeah, Kochi was, you know, Kochi was awesome to me. You know, he sat at the front and every time I was, you know, sort of getting a bit scared or was losing my, my words, like I could look at him and he's just like calming me down. So, um, now yeah, he was fantastic throughout that stage. But, yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, as I said, like, it was a huge monkey off the shoulders and, like, people just knew, you know, me for who I am and, like, I did things the way I did because of, you know, my past and, like, growing up and everything. So, like, people understood why I did things the way I did Um so, yeah, as I said, like, it was a massive turning point for the club. Um, and, yeah, it was bloody, bloody fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I still, to this day, <laughs> shit myself in front of crowds and, and being vulnerable. But, you know, I guess that's where your biggest um, your strengths come from is making yourself feel uncomfortable.
0: 100%. I suppose it just made you so much closer with, with your teammates. Now, you know, I, I know you've got a really incredible bond with, with Koch and, and with Dusty and, and the boys. Yeah. And, um, obviously, it's gone on to win two flags.
1: And that- maybe their third one.
0: I know, I know. Oh, I, hope don't they worry. Do. We'll, I hope they do. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, through that, that exercise, a Triple H exercise, um, that's, you know, like e- externally, I wasn't in the, in the four walls, so I can't be, a, you know, a massive connoisseur. but it was one of the many – sort of facets that changed the club. Yeah. And I want to say it's a massive factor. You were the first person to get up and do that. So you've played an incredible role in that. Yeah, um, I know. Hand, it's but standard high. <laughs> what, what changed from there? Like day to day, like what was the feeling? Like did it actually fully change – I don't know, just the way people went about things. Did it change the reviewing of system? Did it make footy become more of, you know, you're just really grateful for where you are and knowing everyone's story, being able to connect more and on a personal level, you you care more for your teammates. Like, yeah. it's things that clubs try and get. Like, man, I've been at, you know, I was in the system for eight years and, yeah. you know, like every club tries to do a, a thing, but I feel like it's they don't real really thing work, thing. Yeah. you know. It doesn't work unless everyone's in it. Like, yeah. and, and if you're... If, if the bind's not there, it's not there because, you know, like I said, every club tries to do that. After you guys did that, I swear nearly every single club yeah, tried to do the exact same exercise <laughs> and it, it just didn't work. Yeah. W- why do you think Richmond's were so successful?
1: Before doing that Triple H exercise, Kochi got up in front of the group it's for day one of pre-season and just started like opening himself up and, um, I guess when the captain gets up there and opens himself up and starts crying in front of the group, like, I think everyone, you don't have a choice, but you have to buy in. And if you don't buy in, well, you're not going to play. And, like, you just get shipped off. Um, yep. So I think that was huge by, by Kochi because, you know, after coming off 2016 year, you know, people were telling him to step down as captain. He they should retire. And, like, it just, you know, it would have been a huge mental battle for him. But for him to come back and to do that, um, just really empowered everyone. But um, I think the biggest thing, you know, come from it was we just could be ourselves, like we didn't have to try and be someone we weren't and trying to be someone to impress this person or try and be someone else to impress the coach, like we could just be who we were and people would just embrace us for who we were and it was just like, you could stop, you know, stepping on, you know, eggshells and you could just be free, That I guess that what it was, you could just be free and like, you just would show so much more care towards your teammates because like, you sort of know their story now and you know what they've been through, and it's just like some of the stories that I've heard. Like my mine, mine's it's okay, but some of the other stories, man, it's just like mind blowing. Um, which I won't, I'm not allowed to, you know, talk about. Yeah, yeah, here of, course, not of course. Repeat, but um, yeah. yeah, and you know the I think the third thing, that come from it. Um, at the end of that camp was Dimmer. Just he goes, you know what, guys, we're going to simplify this game so much. He goes, remember when you guys used to play junior footy and how fun it was? Like how fun it was to train and how fun it was to, to just play, just to play footy, not think. He goes, that's, it. that's the philosophy we're going to bring in this year. And obviously we had, you know, rules on offense, defense, and contest, but it was just sort of just play, just play just play football. And I don't know, you could see everyone in 7M was just sort of having fun. Um, and, yeah, you could just see there was, like, just so much freedom with our game plan and yeah look at it or look at the tigers game plan now like it's held them in good stead for the last four years but um yeah it's pretty incredible you know i think 2016 had to happen for 2017 and you know the last three years for it to be the way it is i don't think if 2016 didn't happen i don't think the Tigers would be in the position that they're in now um so i think as much as it was you know a crap year it was probably the best thing that happened to the club and probably the best thing that happened to kochi and dimmer um so, yeah, um, as bad as it was, it was a blessing in disguise, you know, because look at them now, they're <laughs> about to play oh, for, yeah. for a third flag.
0: No, they're fine. Man, just on that as well, Like oh, I reckon even just relating that back to, to not even footy, but just into, like, things that I've even, you know, been through. Everyone goes through, like, you yeah. know, yourself and not not to the extremities, but you're going to have good times, you're going to have bad times. i yeah. like, sometimes now, like, through this whole COVID thing and, like, even just with a bad week, for example, where you're, like, down and, and shit goes wrong, like, all of a sudden I have this feeling now, like as soon as I'm having like a shit time, like I get excited because I know like from a shit time, like good things are coming from that. And exactly like, right. that's like a way to get through it. I think like, you know, you've, you've obviously been through that, you know, ups and downs and, and at a more extreme level and, yeah. and things come, but like you must look at like challenging times now with yourself and know that you just go well from them and, and you can bounce back because you're so resilient.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's, it's about what you can control and what you can't control. If anyone's listened to Obviously Crow's podcast, like as soon as you start focusing on the things that you can't control, that's when you start us sort of getting getting yourself into a rut. But as soon as you start focusing on the things that you can control and just accept for things for the way that they are, that's when no no life is just bloody beautiful and um is you know, it's just you know, life is hard to get me wrong, but when you just simplify it, um it's just like with life or just like with football or anything that you do, it's just it's just a lot better. Um, you know, you, you clear clearer thoughts, um and yeah, it's just a lot easier. So, um, yeah, that was sort of another thing that, you know, we adopted in seventeen as well, which Crowley taught us, um, things you can control, things you can't control. But um, yeah, that's just, I could talk about that bloke for hours on end. He's incredible. He is, he's the he's the goat and like You're so lucky to get him on your podcast, man. I have I don't know no how idea how
0: I got him on don't the know show. How you like, did that. I have no idea how I got him. I think I got him just in a really like sweet spot where he was sort of keen to do it. But if I asked him a week later, I reckon he would have been way too big for it. He's the busiest
1: man in the world. The busiest
0: man. But he, he had he had so much time, And Like we would have sat down for like two and a half hours and just chatted about all these things. And
1: I listened to it all. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I loved
0: it. I suppose with Ben Crow, how much stuff did you guys do with him? And then I know... I suppose a more broader question in terms of your yeah. footy and, and with Richmond, like how much focus was there in mindfulness? Because I know there's a superstar down there, Emma Murray, sorry, who's doing a lot of work down there as well. Like what, yeah. what sort of stuff did you learn from that? And what have you taken um, into your life and, and up to Gold Coast? And I suppose the, the beauty of mindfulness in footy that I've loved is, like, is all these lessons they teach you about like elite sport like life is like an elite sport like so you can just like correlate it back into it
1: i guess crow we did a lot of work with dimmer and i think kochi and the leaders so um i had a we had a bit to to do with certain individuals but he was sort of more for for um to say yeah as i said kochi and dimmer and that but yeah emma was sort of like you know our, our lady that would you know teach us mindfulness and she came i think she sort of started a couple of days a week in two thousand sixteen, um, didn't really buy into it. I was just like mindfulness, you know, watch this crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know. We sort of all just bought into it, you know, as a as a club um, and as a group in two thousand seventeen. And yeah, she yeah she's another huge reason as to why you know the club's been so successful and as a reason to um to why so many individuals have improved their game um and taken it to a new level. So um you yeah, know I still. Chat to Emma, you know, most weeks now, I know, being on the coast. Um, But, yeah, she does a fantastic job, you know, with the Tigers boys. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, she works in maybe three or four days a week. But, um, yeah, she she is just huge on um, basically things things you can control and things you can't control. Um, And she has this, yeah, it's a little formula that she uses. It's A times B equals performance. So A is your attribute and the things that you can control. And B is all the it stands for bullshit. So it's all the stuff that it's the external factors is what this person doing, what this person saying. about that person um, can't control whether it's going to be windy, can't control whether it's going to rain. But what you can all, you know, you, it's okay to accept all of that. Make sure you accept it. But what you can always go back to is you know your attributes. So what your strengths are as a as an individual, and um, you know, should we just we just work so hard on, um, you know, it's probably two or three main things, you know, your strengths to, to make yourself a good footballer. You just delve so deep into that and you just get, you just basically imprinted on your brain. So when, you know, shit does start happening on the field or things aren't going your way, you know, you can accept, okay, you're in a bit of a hurricane at the moment, but you can always come back to your attributes and what your strengths are, go back to your anchor, and then, you know, you can just sort of start, you know, from fresh air, whereas I remember... My first few years, like, if I was having a bad game or wasn't getting much of the ball, I, I could be checked out at half time. But, like, we just, I know all the Tigers boys know, and, like, from experience, we just, they just never check out. Like, they're just never yeah. done. Like, they just know how to get back to their strengths. You know, they might have three bad quarters, but then the last quarter could be, you know, your moment or your quarter and you could turn it around. So, yeah, she's been huge in, in that aspect and, you know, for the footy club. And, yeah, like, as I said, like, she's, she's, you can you can bring that to you know with life as you said, um, you know because life is so hectic and, and so busy. Um, you just got to always control what you can control. You know, accept that the things you know are out there that are going to piss you off or, or whatnot. But um, always go back to you know within yourself and what you you, know, you can control. I sort of think
0: though at, at a stage like that as well, like that without of going through what you'd been through early days like with those losses, like you said, it doesn't nearly yeah. it doesn't really mean as much, like because. Yeah. You, you go through all that hardship and, and, you know, like, you bottom out. You're literally, like, embarrassed and you bottom out. Then you meet someone like that and they pick you back up. Like you said, oh. sometimes going through the hardest times and all those pressure moments, it brings out the gold. Like, pressure creates diamonds. Without without having a shit time and bottoming out, you don't really learn too much about yourself and you probably don't actually soul. you don't really sort, yeah. sort of have to search.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And as I said, like, without that 2016 year – It'd be a different story. Who knows whether, you know, Tigers would be playing off in the third grand final in four years or whether I have two flags or, you know, whether I'd be up here. Like you just you just don't know. So um I guess, you know, I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason and um I'm glad six happened. <laughs> I think every, I think every Richmond supporter is as well. <laughs>
0: Um, and we'll get into your current ones later. But who's, who's some of your favourite teammates and why? Like, obviously, um, there's some real superstars there, but I think there might even be some other ones that, that don't get the notoriety that they deserve.
1: My um, favourite teammates, well, obviously, you know, I love Koch. He sort of took me under his wing as soon as I got to the club and um, taught me sort of how to sort of be disciplined and... Um, and how to be a professional athlete, sort of just fast-track that. Um, you know, I love Nathan Broad, but we we're, were housemates for like three years, so um, we get along, you know, really well. Um, obviously, I'm pretty close with, with Dusty. Um, took us a, a couple of years to say hi to each other because he's probably thinking, Who's, who the hell is this bloody 18-year-old coming in the system, winning the time trials? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, I love, I love Josh Caddy as well. Um, get along with Cads really well. Um, yeah, I, you know... I've got a couple of favourites, but like everyone just got along with everyone at the club. There was no egos, yeah. really. There was like no heroes. Um, everyone was just sort of working towards, you know, that one goal. Um, but yeah, they're probably just the ones I can reel off the, the top of my head. And then another one, you know, little Jake Arts. I'm not quite sure many people know him. Um, I missed out on six drafts. Um, yeah. finally got drafted and didn't play at all last year, but sort of played a handful of games this year. Um, yeah, he's just a, he's you no, know, he's got another great story. So um. Yeah, he's awesome. Same with Kane Lambert. Love the Turtle, mate. He. Have you got him on here before? He's been on. Oh, he would have been early days when I was when I despised you because you never got me on. No. Early the start, <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely, yeah. You you were still flat, but he, <laughs> you know, a bit like yourself, mate. He has. He's just got an incredible mindset and oh. just such a positive um guy. Like I spoke to him actually today, just because I. I like to give him a call um, before the grand final so he still remembers me after he's won his <laughs> third. But an he's just genuinely like, I couldn't be happier for a bloke um, yeah. to come through. And, and obviously his story's been told, but missing out on six six or seven drafts or something, still just putting in the work and comes in now as an All-Australian, could be a three-time premiership player. Mate, um, I want to say I'm surprised, but like I'm actually just not because yeah. the bloke's just an absolute superstar. Yeah,
1: like when I got drafted, like, I'd hear about this Kane Lambert and it was Adam on It was like them two or the two that would always miss out. and I'm just like, who the hell are these guys? And then like they get drafted together and obviously, you know, it worked out for, for Kane. But I'm just like, no wonder why, um, you know, Dennis Pagan was calling for Lambert to get drafted for however many yeah. years because he's an absolute gun. And like he obviously seen what everyone can see in him now. Um, but no, I'm so, so bloody happy for him. And, you know, it makes it even better because he's just such a ripping bloke.
0: Oh, he's the best bloke in the world, man. Best yeah. bloke in the world. I asked him about footy today and the, like you know, the chance to win like his third flag, and he goes, "Oh man, like you know, the only thing that's better than that is that Richmond's turned me into a better person." I was just like, "Man, yeah. sh- sh- I shut <laughs> up! Like, just be happy with the three <laughs> flags, you know." Like, he's just, I know he's, so he's such humble, a good dude, man. He's just too nice. I'm like, just be arrogant yeah. for a little bit, man. He's it's like okay. sort
1: of the most perfect human I've ever come across.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent, bro. Hundred percent. Um, mate, it would be remiss not to ask a question about Dusty because he is one of the best players that's ever played the game. Yeah, see the What What makes him so special? We don't want like what, what is he? What's he like? I suppose to train. Like, is there is there a reason why he's
1: so good? Is he just as good as what he is? Like, what's he like as a as a teammate? Um. Oh, no, he's an, he's an awesome teammate. He does train hard, but, you know, what? he just goes out there and has fun and, like, he just knows that he's a good player. He knows that he's strong. He knows that he can bust tackles and, like, he knows that he just can easily, you know, turn a game from his own boot. And he just, he just backs himself and he just believes mm-hmm. in himself and he just has so much confidence. Um, and as you know, like, if you're a confident player, you can go out there and you can do anything. But as soon as you start yeah. going into your shell um, and – sort of go the other way but um you know credit to him he does work hard um he does work hard with emma and he does work pretty closely with ben crow so like it's not a fluke that he dominates most weeks You know, he does put in the work um he doesn't just rock up on game day and say, I'm gonna have 30 and kick three um you know it all, it all happens during the week you know everything that you do during the week you know game day is just sort of like the final product um you just go out there and just show off but you know it all happens during the week and yeah, he does the work, um, maybe not in his early days, <laughs> but like I know, I know from you know, being pretty close within him the last four or five years, um, yeah, like he deserves everything that comes his way. And man, it could be a third three time Normie. How good would that be? That'd be unbelievable, bro. I, I
0: seriously wouldn't put it past him. I feel like, you know, I don't i have never seen Dusty Train and, and, and wouldn't know what he does, but like I feel like most of his work, man, like it's just in his mind. Like you said, like he just believes in himself. Yeah. He he loves Like you know, from all reports, doing stuff with you know, I've chatted to Hugh Van Kolenburg. He said that he he does work with him. He does work with Ben Crow. Does work with Emma Murray.
1: Gratitude, like he's
0: constantly just like you know, getting all that stuff through his head. Gratitude, self belief, you know, control the outcomes. It just shows how much you know the game is really played above above the head. So above the
1: shoulders, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, above the shoulders, (laughs) above the head, above the shoulders.
0: (laughs) Mate, you've dropped it a few times. To, um throughout the podcast so we can't not touch on it but yeah, two-time premiership yeah. player it's quite nice it's it's very nice
1: what what is it? by the way i've always wondered this like yeah. what do you do with your premiership medals like where are they do you have it? well yeah i definitely brought them up to um the goldie yeah. they're hiding somewhere in my house i'm not going to tell you where <laughs>
0: no don't tell me where uh, <laughs> I, I, one. yeah i just
1: my i've got them with both my um my premiership jumps as well um yeah, yeah. i just bring them up hide them and I don't know every now and then like, I'll get them out and I'll just like look at them and smile and just be like, like how the hell? Like, why me? Like, how do I yeah. get the chance to, to do this? Like, no, like, no shit. Like, yeah. yeah. As it, as it, like when you're growing up, you know, you watch all these grand finals on TV and you just wish you could be there one day, then you envy the teams that win it, and then it's just like, it happens to you and you're like, what the hell? And then it happens again, and you're just like, man, you know, I think it'll it'll sink in and I'll appreciate it a lot more when I finish foot and I can actually look back and reflect. Yeah. Because as you know, man, season's done, party for two weeks, you go away on a holiday then you come back and pre-season's around it's just like you don't really get to sort of sit back and really enjoy it.
0: Mate, grand final day, look, you played in two flags as you said. What, what's it like going into a grand final? I, I honestly get nervous thinking about it. Like, <laughs> I was obviously there for the Giants um, yeah. in, in 2019 in the stands which didn't go too well for them, went very well for yourself but, How big, like, how big of an occasion is that? Like, because especially for Richmond, like, one of the biggest teams with the most supporters um, in the heart of Melbourne, like, home ground, the MCG. Like, how big was that first one, I suppose, against the Crows and the build-up? And and, and what's it like... I know how big it is, but, like, how does it actually feel to be doing it? Because I actually just get nervous thinking about it. Yeah,
1: so I guess... To be honest, grand final day is, it's a blur. Like, yeah, the week, you know, for both of them, they're sort of pretty similar. Um, Jim was awesome. Um, after both prelims, he goes, look, I'm not going to lie, it's not a normal week, grand final week. He goes, it's, it's going to be a hectic week. He goes, I want you guys to embrace it. Embrace every interview you do. Embrace everyone that messages in you. Embrace, you know, everyone that wants to, to call you. He goes, just do it because you never know when it's going to happen again. Um, and that messaging 7M was the exact same in 2019. Um, but yeah, man, the whole week after Monday or Tuesday, um, I would started getting nervous. Like my I struggled to sleep most nights because I was just playing it in my head. I'm like, man, I just I just don't want to lose, like we've come this far. Like the fear of failing um, you know, sort of really sat in my gut. Um, so yeah, I guess that whole week is just it's just full of nerves. Um, then you got obviously the grand final parade, which is bloody awesome. Um, you know, going down through the city with <laughs> Two hundred thousand people just screaming at you, um, and because we played interstate teams both years, like our supporter base was huge. Um, but I couldn't even imagine what it was going to be like if, just say, the Giants had lost to the Pies, and it was a oh, Collingwood. the Collingwood
0: that would have been ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I kind of uh, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to sleep all week. It would have been hectic. One thing
0: I love about grand finals, and I suppose obviously one coming up very shortly, is there's always like moments in games that swing momentum and I suppose like everyone's got like a different moment um there's things that stick out more than others is there anything that you remember really you know clearly from those games and it might not have even been something that got picked up post-game or in the meeting or anything but was there any sort of moments for you that really stick out that you you just remember so clearly
1: um I think in 17 when Basher um Kicked that goal on his left. Um, I don't know, sort of just got everyone up and about and sort of swing the momentum because I think Adelaide had three goals up and they just missed one and then Bashir sort of, you know, got that goal back that we really needed. I I don't know, it was just sort of um, an avalanche from then on. But I remember one vividly against the Giants. um, Kochi's tackle on Big Mummy. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you remember that in the first quarter. Um, I think the Giants kicked the first goal, sort of got their tails up a bit. Um, like we were going well, we just couldn't score. Um, and I think we turned the ball over, mummy got it and then Kochi just absolutely crunched him in the middle of the ground and then got into him. And I remember just being on the wing like, man, how good is this? Like, like I'm, I'm like pumped now, like I'm ready to go. Um, so yeah, that's probably one moment, um, in both grand finals that I remember it very vividly, but I think the Kochi tackle, it turned it, um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> what
0: about post post game? I suppose after festivities, yeah. do you ever go back and and review that as a team, like with the coaches, and go through things? Like, do you ever not review yeah. it like defensively or anything, but you just watch it and like celebrate the good parts or off ball things that you wouldn't have seen game day?
1: Um, oh, so not so much after the game. The next day when we you know, we had to go to the club um, to like meet all the was sort of family date there at Punt Road. Um, the game was played on the inside at in the club like all on the TV. So if we wanted to watch it we could but <laughs> boys are too busy getting blind before they went on stage to watch it anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, we nah to be honest, we haven't really reflected. Um, we haven't sat down as a team and watched it together. Um, I'm sure every individual sat down and watched it by themselves or with a few other boys. But um no, it was never really reviewed. It was sort of once the preseason came around like we we're like, how good was that? But like push it aside Punch now. On. Yeah. Let's go like we want another one. You know, you always say you'd be you'd be happy with one like you retire, happy man with one, but when you win one, you want two. You want another. yeah. You, want another. you can never be satisfied. It's just I don't know, it's just like with everything in life. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs>
0: it, I can definitely yeah, definitely understand. What about post grand finals? Um something I'm always quite keen on cuz I was, you know, I was at the Giants on the other end. Post grand final wasn't yeah. as fun as probably what you guys were doing. Um, yeah. you know, it was those those after parties and, and Richmond's club I suppose is, it's got a lot of you know sponsors and, and what not what were some of the cool things that you got to do um, with the club like was there anything post season obviously the family day straight yeah. after was there a footy trip was there any sort of big lunches and stuff put on
1: um, so yeah both yeah both years are pretty similar so like after the game we went to uh, I think it was the Pullman which was across the road for like a function just with like our family and our friends um, and I think all the corporates and a few supporters and then we had an after party in the city it was above CQ I think it was called Daha or something and they um yeah good old Jakey King organized it for us uh, he knew the owner <laughs> so yeah that was all put on for us from like 12 o'clock to five and then obviously you got to go home and you got to look half fresh for the next day because you've got um family day so have family day all day and then like that night I think um Grigor organized something at the born for us um so that was all like sort of paid for as well and then you have a mad Monday and then you have best and fairest the next night. So like it's a hectic week, like there's no nights off. Yeah. Um and I think I think you know, I think Wednesday that's the sort of night that you sort of catch up and sleep and, and you know, get a meal into you. But then Thursday, um <laughs> the team like the winning team that played, we have this signing day, um, where you sort of get Go to the club and you sign as many things you know as this company gives you, and you sort of get paid for it. So you know, having beers there from like ten o'clock in the morning, listening to music. Um, then obviously you go out that night, and then oh, yeah. have a few nights off, and then yeah, the boys went to footy. I went to Thailand for footy trip, and allowed to call it footy trip, but yeah, they went there for footy trip for I think it was six nights. But um, I had I ended up just taking lovely to Bali because we had a hectic few days had to come up to gold coast had to you know sign the contract and um yeah we had like a hectic off season plan so like we just needed to get away you know just me and her so we went to Bali for two weeks and yeah man and had like grumges wedding when we got back and yeah it was was hectic it was just a hectic off season
0: i can imagine that's probably what the the big part is now because after that you've won two flags at richmond you're obviously a very happy man you've been there since the start Mm. um how did how did the move come about, and like how early on? I suppose like did that was that playing on your mind? Like you know, I'm I'm always so interested in trades. I love trade period and in terms of like you know going through your head. You've got to look at these offers, but for you, man, yeah. like you know you're a staple in a in a team, but then you also got an unbelievable opportunity to yeah. to go up to the Gold Coast and new experience and try it. Like what what went through your head? How early did you have to sort of make the decision, and and when did you make it, and how yeah. hard was it?
1: Um, yeah, so at the start of 2019, I, um, I didn't play round one. I sort of got dropped after the NAB Cup. And then I was just like to my manager, like, man, like, I got dropped for the 2018 final series. And I was just like, you know, am I sort of being pigeonholed here? Like, how long do I actually have left here? And I was a free agent coming out of 2019. Um, anyway, then halfway through the year, like, I got back to the team, played every game. And halfway through the year, um, I had a meeting with list management. And they said, look, salary cap's tight. Um if you want to stay, you've got to sort of take half a pay cut. Otherwise, like, we can't keep you. And I was like, far out. Like, you know, not what I wanted. Like, I would have stayed and, you know, been one club player if I could have been. But, you know, that's, that's another another story. But, um, yeah, so I obviously started having to have meetings with other clubs, which felt so weird. Like, I'd be going to training, <laughs> playing games, and then, like, on a Tuesday after training, I'd go and meet, you know, like, Essendon or the Suns or, carlton or, uh, it, was, it was weird like i felt uncomfortable but like i sort of knew it was the process that had to go down um you know you've been through it yourself you sort of know well well yeah i didn't really have a choice oh, yeah. but uh, it was, it was you know, really like you not.
0: yeah but they actually wanted you i had to <laughs> no, go and like sell myself <laughs> it was it was a little bit different
1: <laughs> yeah, so anyway like i had i'd met up with carlton a few times and i was pretty set on going there because like, i could grow up in carlton um you know i'd had gone off over that many times and like Carlton was just sort of like next door, you know, neighbor to where, you know, I was living and grew up. So I was like, yep, yeah, set on going there. And I don't know, then it sort of just fizzled out a bit, um, that. And then, yeah, I was like, hmm, well, I know the Suns are, are really keen. Um They'd showed interest, you know, probably from halfway through that year, same as Carlton. And then, yeah, they just put an offer, a nice juicy offer there, <laughs> which, you know, I couldn't, really say no to because I didn't really have much else you know going on outside of you know the Suns had a few other like clubs or half keen but the biggest thing was you know as much as I wanted to make the move was like trying to convince my partner Sarah to, to make the move to make her you know basically drop everything drop her career drop her life and move up just to pursue my career so that was sort of um it was pretty hard to you know to try and convince her but um yeah I guess it was pretty bittersweet because we got to, you know, experience the finals together. We got to finish on the flag, and it was like, you know what, like, what, what better way to, like, sort of, you know, leave, you know, on this note. And I don't know we sort of just come to terms. Um, but it's like, look, it's only five years. Um, you know, make sure I get you a good job up here, We'll make sure you know you get flights home to see your family every now and then. Which the sons were awesome, like that. They looked after us so well. Then um, bloody COVID hit. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's another story. But um, yeah, so that that was sort of um, yeah. So the second half of that '19 was was hectic for me. Like my mind was just everywhere. Um, you know, trying to play good footy, trying to stay in the team. Then a final series comes around, and yeah, then like having to make a decision because great after grand final week was trade week. I'm just like, oh my god. But um, that's where you oh, know. Yeah the mind training that I had done sort of came in and helped me out. And obviously speaking to Erin Murray most days and like her helping me through it was, was awesome. So um, yeah, it was a hectic time of year, but yeah, I wouldn't change it, you know. Loved it up here so far.
0: Mate, that's unbelievable Um, that, you know, you had to make that decision at a time when you're playing in a grand final too. and, and oh, still know. you like have to deal with, with all that shit.
1: Yeah, I know. And like I'd sort of made it on my mind a couple of weeks prior to the granny um, just so I could be at peace with it um and sort of let it sink in but um then all then grand final week all these journos like started leaking it out saying alice is is playing his last game for richmond blah 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 and i'm just saying this is not what i need grand final week like oh my god
0: what happened ended up happening with like did you did you um obviously like you know the boys understand i feel like it's the game's got to that stage now everyone knows you got to do what's best for you but how did you tell your, your teammates and the guys that you're close with did you tell them like you probably waited for after the season obviously or
1: nah so i don't know i was pretty like open and honest with him because like there was so much like speculation going around all these articles coming out and like i just told the leaders and i told a couple of the other senior boys and my mates like look this is the situation i've been put in and this is what i've decided on so like if people you know ask can you just please just like tell them this and just like shut it down because i don't want it to like to you know stop us from going all the way again because it can be a big distraction at times as, yeah. Yeah, as you know Like oh, being at the that's Giants incredible, the
0: last few man. It's so cool that Like you sh- You know You had Had those conversations And they still just said mate No we just keep Punching on and play like, Yeah they support some him Some teams can be So, so immature well. like that And just be like Nah well he's You know if he's Going to leave um, yeah. You know Despite whether it's His choice or not Like we're not Going to want that But you still played In a grand final And them knowing The things were happening Like yeah, that I just know. seems Like such a mature outfit
1: Yeah and I guess That's just why They've been so successful As well Like they just don't hold grudges and if you want to do what you want to do to help yourself like just do it like we've been sitting in the game for such a short period of time um yeah you can sort of be shitty or or whatnot but sometimes as you said like people don't have a choice so just just be there for them be happy for them and like you know wish them success in you know the new club that they go to and i guess that's why tigers were, were so awesome like i could be so open and honest with most of the playing group um you know come before just before finals time and yeah, it made it a lot easier. Whereas you know, if I had my teammates potting me or saying this, I'm a bad person saying that, I'd be like, oh I don't know how I would have went.
0: <laughs> oh mate. no, nah, well it, it speaks volumes of yourself, mate, in your own character. You'll be welcome back there with open arms. Um, when when you finished, when you finish footy, but one thing you can't tell me, um, with the move to Gold Coast is there's no way you can say <laughs> that you thought the Gold Coast were going to be as good as what they were this year oh. when you when you decided to come up here, man. Like it was no. un level like you've walked in well, not walked in this team but you've come in there as a senior player yeah and you know you, you've come up there bringing all the experience of, of two finals playing with like all these incredible players you've come up there to teach all these guys but like it just seemed like it's you know the transition's been seamless
1: i knew how bad the year was last year because um you know i've spoken to a few of the boys like i'd know alex Sexton for a while um before yeah. like I'd gone there, so I'd spoken to him. But yeah, their second half of two thousand nine and was horrendous. I think they lost most games for more than hundred points. And like I sort of knew what I was walking into. And what what they have the talent, like don't get me wrong, but they just didn't have any confidence. Like their belief was yeah. just shot because, as it would be after losing all those games, like blokes just, I guess, just forgot to play footy and to play for each other. I guess once you start losing plenty of games in a row, you start going to self-preservation mode, like how can I play well to keep my spot in the team so I can play next week, you know, so I can get paid yeah. whether you're on matches or, or whatnot. Like that that just goes through your head. Like it went through my head as a young kid and like 100%. people got to, like remember, these guys are so young. So no, I guess I just, yeah, I just tried to bring some belief and, and some confidence back into the boys and just to to sort of help them realize what their strengths are and just to play to their strengths. Um, And it was sort of refreshing, like, yeah, we only won five games this year, but we lost, I think, four or five games by under a goal and we'll be in probably four or five more. So, like, there was no real blowouts besides probably everyone one in our last game of the year. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome, but, yeah, like, I'm so used to winning, so, like, I want to win more now. Like, I want to start winning more games next year.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, I'm sure you will. Um, I've had a massive – I actually bought a – Nick Holman hustled me that hard <laughs> to buy a membership a this manager. year. membership? <laughs> and and he still he said that he'd get He's me ridiculous. a signed jumper of Matt Rowe. he was like messaging me every day to buy memberships. So I ended up buying a couple of memberships. Yeah. I actually thought that I was like Trying to give my membership away to someone in Gold Coast, but it wasn't actually a membership for games. It was just a support membership, yeah. so you don't actually even get anything for supporting. It was just, <laughs> just basically a membership just to to help out. To anyway, break our record, I donated. I just just to break the record. Yeah. So I've, I can honestly say I've helped. Yeah, you have. Um, have thanks.
1: thanks, mate. Appreciate it.
0: <laughs> so I was there from the start, yeah. a supporter, <laughs> um, as well as yourself. I supported the move, but mate, the young talent at, at Gold Coast is fucked. It's honestly, fucked. I've, I've probably never seen anything like it. Um, I'm gonna like, rankin. Rao, Anderson Lukosius uh, Ben King Waller Bose Ben Ainsworth Charlie Ballard um, and I even though these boys aren't young they're old and and um, nearly times up I can't not mention Alex Sexton Alex Sexton and Nick Holman That's but cool. these these boys man like how exciting are they to play with and I suppose the main question you can't give me a soft answer here who is
1: the best in your eyes Matt Rao. mate hands down <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay he 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 doesn't do like freakish things like Rankin does or what lococious can do or what king can do but he's just yeah. just like just got everything he's fit fast strong kick on both feet He's just great hands like he you build a team around him um as you know he's just gonna be ultra consistent every week not saying the other blokes aren't gonna be as well but I just from what I seen, those first three games, like it's the first, those three games are the best three games I've ever seen by a first year player. Mate, it's hands down. It's incredible. Yeah, he's a superstar. <laughs> all right. I'm not so, saying it because I know you love him. No, man. I know. I know. I I know. Too, but, mate.
0: I honestly like. I feel like I've got to hold back on what I say about him because it's getting a little bit weird, you know, talking about him too he much. Loves but it. it's <laughs> it's pretty special, man. He's he's a fair superstar at the yeah. moment. I love that all he rocks is his career savers. <laughs> And I've sent him up about 15 um, T-shirts as well yeah. just to keep... He yeah,
1: wears them as well. He trains in them. I know. Them well. he them. Oh, no. Yeah, he, oh, he trains in the grey one. It gets me going. Like, it gets me going. Mate, you're just, all you're doing is showing you sweat. Like, put a blue one or something <laughs> on. But, no, nah, he loves it. I see him everywhere. around everywhere. But, um,
0: besides besides Rao, is there another one that you love playing with that you think could be up there with, with him? Oh, Ben King.
1: Yeah. Mate, he's a superstar. He's, like, he, yeah. Way too, he has a few more years in the gym, gets a bit stronger. Because like, he gets his hands to everything. So once he gets a bit stronger, he'll be able to hold those contested marks. Um, but he's just so agile and just so fast for like a bloke who's over 200 centimetres. Um, yeah, I think him and his brother for the next 10, 12 years are going to be absolute superstars. Um, you've seen what Max could do this year and obviously you've seen glimpses of what Ben could do. Um, yeah, he's another one that... Um, like, I know she's going to be a gun because he works so hard.
0: Yeah, it's exciting those boys. I've actually locked them in early for a podcast in the oh, yeah. off-season. Lucky too, I so got him when I
1: did. Otherwise, I don't know if, you know, after the year that they failed, I don't think I would have got anything where... Yeah. <laughs> <There'd> be, <laughs> Might just start taking some... half a pay cut soon. Oh, seriously, seriously. <laughs> I'll keep for free. Anything.
0: That's <laughs> it. Um, coming up from Melbourne as well, and we chat about this a lot when we've, we've crossed over, but how much of you love coming from Melbourne, like a footy dominated state and then playing now in Gold Coast. Wow. And how much do you think now that like guys have experienced that in the hubs? Yeah. They're going to want to come up and play with Gold Coast and Sydney teams and, and you know, Perth teams. Oh, I yeah. suppose Perth is actually not really one of them because it's, it's a footy, footy dominated state. Too but, far. you know, mainly those New South Wales, Queensland um, yeah. teams. How much do you think guys are going to come up now and really like request to play for these teams?
1: Oh, I think heaps. Like I've spoken to Mark Evans, um, the CEO, and he goes he's never had so much interest um, of clubs wanting to move, uh, people wanting to move um, to the Suns. He's had to like knock people back and knock managers back. Like seriously, where they've never had that problem before. So as bad as um COVID was, um, it's probably been the best thing for the Suns. And, you know, obviously Brisbane and the, the New South Wales teams as well. Um, just to show, you know, what it's like to be in a state where no one knows footy and you can be normal. Mm. Like, it's awesome. Um, So, yeah, we'll see what happens, you know, come the next few years for all these clubs. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's been fantastic for um, Queensland footy.
0: No, it has, mate. It's been good. Mm. Um, Mate, I want to just change the pace up a little bit now because you, as much as I love your on-field... I love your off field even more because you're a bona fide hustler. You you, are you seriously are. You, you you are. You were the you were the start of of, you know, footy players starting their own brands and businesses. Oh. Um you've really, really set yourself up, I suppose, in terms of that that business side of things. And one thing I've always wanted to talk to you about was was your business Uncle Jack? Um, obviously premium watches. How did it all come about off field? Like, were you always yeah. wanting to be engaged off field? I know you set that up with your mate Robbie Ball, yeah. who he played with to Cannons as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He. So how did it. it all come about? Um, so obviously Dimmer was huge at the tags of um making sure you do stuff off field. Like in my first few years, if you weren't doing stuff off field, like you weren't allowed to play. I don't know if that was just a scare tactic or, or not, but. Dimmer was huge on um, boys pursuing stuff off-field because footy may only last three, four or five years. Like, you don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, like, I've been pretty close with Robbie since I was probably 10 years old. Like, he played for Valley, I was playing at West Cobert. Like, we always played against each other. Then we played with each other at the Cannons. Um, and he came – he was trying to buy a birthday present for a mate and he was trying to buy a watch. But the wa- the watches are either too cheap and crappy or they were too expensive. Like, there was no mid-range watches. So he just come to me with the idea, and I said, "Yeah, like yeah, I'll be keen as." Um, and then, yeah, sort of. I guess the hardest thing to like starting a company is to get a bloody name. Like we had so many names that we tried to to put forward, and like yeah. they'll just taken. Like our first go was we had a name called Flinders, and we started creating a few watches called with Flinders on it. And then you know we nearly got sued <laughs> by this other company that was named Flinders, so we had to like scrap that really quick. And then. I don't know, like he came up with a few names: Arnie Jack, Uncle Jack, Arnie Jude, Uncle Jude. We're like, you know what? Uncle Jack seems like a not too bad, doesn't it? Like he'd fit on the watch really well. And we're like, All right, yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's I think shui. that's the one. Yeah, and then everyone thought I named it after Jack Rewald and I was like, nah, 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 no, 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 no. So um, yeah, that was I guess that was sort of the hardest part. But um, yeah, we've had that for nearly seven years now, and. Yeah, it's just sort of gone a lot bigger than what we thought. Um, you know, we on our first night, I think we sold you know sixty or seventy. We're like, man, this is awesome. And then like two years later, like we we're punching out more than a thousand on launch night. So like, just yeah, it was huge. And you know what? Hats off to like Robbie. Like he's honestly the brains behind it. Does all like the hard work, the dirty work. Obviously, you know, my strengths are like getting it onto athletes and. And see people that have profiles and that, but like he, um, yeah, behind the scenes, man, he'd done a power of work and yeah, it wouldn't be where it is without him today. So um, he's been awesome and um, yeah, hopefully it can keep, you know, going well, but one day it might have to fizzle out, but hopefully not anytime soon.
0: (laughs) No, no, man, that's, it's not fizzling out, bro. it's stayed the test of time. One thing that I've loved about Uncle Jack is like you said, the collabs you've done with players, like you've been able to get guys from each team, do their watches um and sort of incorporate it through, and it's like from someone now that's like, oh, look, oh, by no means am my business whiz or anything like that, but yeah. you can understand like the marketability around that, and like how how good that is to actually lean on your connections and to be able to you know start a business while you're in footy, and that's what I always say to kids, like um you know the young boys coming through, yeah, he's like if you. would Ever start something like you gotta start it early in your career so yep. you can just use it while you're while you're coming through, and you've done that better than anyone, man. So yeah, couldn't have been super more, proud of man. you from that aspect. But um, guys as well and girls, the link will be in the show notes. <laughs> Uncle Jack watches. Make sure you go and check them out. Get one for your mum, get one for your dad, get one for your brother and sister. Christmas soon. And um everyone will be happy. Um, everyone will be happy. Mate, uh to to finish up towards the end, um, this yep. weekend. Um Ooh, yeah. interesting time for yourself. Obviously you're in Gold Coast at the moment. Are you gonna to go to the game, the grand final? Richmond versus long. Um is at the Gabra obviously. Were you were you tracked down?
1: Um oh, I was humming and harring all weekend because it's a night game in Brisbane and like having to yeah. get home, but you know what? I beat the ball and like, you know, I want to go watch my boys play, so I'm definitely gonna go. Got a few tickets. Um so yeah, just gonna make a day of it and I think it's the two best teams playing off, so I think it's going to be a fantastic contest. Um, you know, Geelong yeah. have been star for so long, and the Tigers just know how to win. So um, I'll be definitely rooting for the boys, but um, yeah, looking forward to a good one.
0: As much as you want the boys to win, there must be a, a little bit inside. Is <laughs> it? Is there? Is there or I don't. I don't want to assume, but like, if I'm thinking from my point of view, is there a side of you that thinks like, far out? Like, I would still love to, you know, to be competing in a grand final. Like, is there a party that still wants to do that, or are you just sort of happy for them to to do that now?
1: Oh, I'd be, you know, be sort of wrong if there wasn't, you know, a part of me that would love to still be a part of it and to be playing off in a grand final. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm bloody jealous. Um, yeah. As I said, like, it'd be wrong if I wasn't, but like, I'm just, I'm super happy for them because, like, I know how hard they've worked and how much it means to them. And like, I've just got to keep remembering and reminding myself why, you know, I left and, you know, the journey that I'm on now, like, that's all in the past. Um, yeah. And you know, I've got still got some great mates there that I'd love for them to, to win their third one. Or even some boys that miss out in seventeen like McIntosh and Short and Bolton, um, for them to win their second. So um yeah, okay. Like, it's gonna be weird, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, I'm I'm so happy for them.
0: If you had to give us a tip for for Norm, um and some guys that you think we might not know about that will play really important roles yeah. on the day, um, underrated sort of guys, you know, that money ball type player, who would who would you say?
1: Man, if they don't sit on Lambert, he could have a great night. He's, he's an absolute star. He loves big games. He does, and you can't honestly you can't go past Dusty. Like I yeah. Guthrie will probably go to him and tag him, but when he sits forward, like he's untaggable. Um, so he could easily kick four or five. But even maybe Shea Bolton or Deon Presia. Man, he Shay Bolton. I like.
0: <clears> I must have been sleeping for a little while because like all, he just came out of nowhere like this. Obviously, didn't come out of nowhere. Like he's been doing his thing, but he's just gone from genuine like star. Like he's yeah. so silky.
1: No, he is. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, because there's going to be a lot of attention probably on you know kochi Dusty, Prestia, um, maybe even Basher and Kane. Le- like he could go under the radar, and um, if he gets his tail up, he's hard to stop. He's just so good. Um, you know, he's, he's a pleasure to watch. But yeah, I, I can't go past Dusty. He can't. <laughs> no
0: you, you got can't you, yeah you can't I, I honestly think he'll definitely be a, a three-time norm um which is which is special yeah. mate to finish up um you got you know a 10-year career up there at, at the Suns which is going very nicely <laughs> hopefully a few more flags on the horizon but off field post footy what what is ideally life like for for Brandon Ellis what have you have, have you put any thought into that yet is it, yeah. is it running the business still or footy or
1: um yeah definitely have to start putting thought into it now that i'm at the back end of my career um i'm in like I lo- i love the gym like i'm into my fitness like um yeah i just i love going to the gym it makes me just happy makes me feel good so i'd love to get into a gym you know post-footy or open up my own mind you know in the next couple of years um we'll see how that goes but i'm um, definitely in the fitness industry that's what i'd I'd love to stay in, you know. I can't sit still, like sitting still for this last hour and bit, it's, it's getting a bit twitchy. Like I need to, I need to do something hands-on. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely in the fitness industry. But um, we'll see how footy goes. Maybe um, go spend a year in Bali and just live there and live it up because I love that time <laughs> so much. <laughs> you, you
0: are the king of Bali. Oh, Brian and Alice, know. mate, thank you so much for your time, bro. Genuinely, um, it's it's been mind-blowing it's been incredible um, I'm so grateful for you to come on and share your story you're, you're one of the best dudes I've honestly had the pleasure of of knowing um, and yeah just to sit down and 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 hear your story firsthand this time I honestly couldn't be happier um, so many good things coming your way my friend with that mindset and and um, yeah real blessed to sit down bro so I can't thank you enough for your time
1: oh, thanks man it's been a pleasure it's probably been 53 weeks too late but no thanks for having me on <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast If you liked it, it'd be a massive help If you could subscribe, rate and leave a review I'll even give you a kiss The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Sam Bonza Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films Is responsible for audio and visual editing Samuel Kenny Creative looks after graphics and animation And the podcast is recorded at the Dylan Friends studio Which sounds fancy, but really A friend had a spare room at his office And I took it over If you'd like to get in contact to suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, you can email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com, which will also be in the show notes. Thanks so much for tuning in.